I would like to thank our sponsor for this episode of Street Focus, and that's our friends over at FreshBooks.com. Bonjour, and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today, I'm pleased to share a conversation with my friend, photographer and author, Alistair Arthur. He's from the UK, but he's currently living in Paris, which is where we met earlier this year. And earlier, um, I think it was in the fall, he embarked in a 24-hour photography project in London. And um, I thought that would be an interesting topic for Street Focus today. Alistair, welcome. Hi, Valerie. Uh, thanks very much for having me on Street Focus. Well, this is this is fun. I'm, I'm always looking for uh, different uh, different projects, and uh, and I like that 24-hour photography project you you did recently. But uh, we met in a rather unusual way earlier this year in June when you uh, you recognized me in the street in Paris, right near Saint-Sulpice, which was so funny. And uh, I was doing a, a photo workshop, and um, and Frederick Van Johnson was actually along on that workshop. So on that workshop, and you saw us both. So although Frederick is a little bit more recognizable than me, <laughs> he's still not a little more. Uh, so that was really fun. You came to us, and you said, "Oh, are you Valerie, and you Frederick." And yeah, I'd, I'd heard that you guys were in town. So I, while I was actually looking for a, another photo walk that was going on at the time, I, um, uh, I, you know, I knew you guys might be around. So yeah, it was great to bump into you. Yeah, it was fun, and we hung out with you for a little while. We uh, sat at a cafe, and uh, and then uh, and then we've been uh, friends ever since. So that's so cool. It's such a small world, and it was so funny for me because it was about the third time in a month that people recognize me in the street. And that is such a strange, <laughs> strange thing. <laughs> yes, I, bet. I would yes. never get used. I'll never get used to that. Not that it happens very often, but uh, it's funny because people usually kind of look at me and they're not so sure. And then they hear me talk and then they know for sure because they usually either heard me on one of the podcasts or something. So sure, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's funny. <laughs> so anyway, you you're from the UK, right? Where in the UK are you from? Originally from the the south coast, fairly near Brighton, so kind of middle of the south coast in Sussex. Um, But then I went to college in Bath in uh, in the West Country, so most of my life has been been around the the west of England. Okay, and you currently live in Paris. Yes, I do. Yes, I've been here for three years now. Three years. Okay, so why Paris? Well, why would this. I ask that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and don't don't test me on my French either. <laughs> um, <I> won't. <laughs> but it, it was initially my my wife had a job offer in in Paris, which was going to be a six month assignment. Um, so we we talked about it, and she she came out to Paris, and I stayed in England, and, and that was fine. And we met at weekends, and um, you know ha- having weekends in Paris is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then they extended to, to twelve months, and then they wanted to extend further. So it was a case of okay, we can't um, we can't carry on living indefinitely in um, in different countries. So um, so I decided I'd uh, quit my job and. Uh, come out and join my wife in Paris. Oh, that must have been such yeah. a tough decision. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Uh, sacrifices we have to make sometimes. That's right. <laughs> you really had to twist your arm, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long to decide, really. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, an amazing city to be able to, um, to come and live in. 
Yeah. Yes, definitely. So, um, and now there is no end to the project. She could be there for many more years and you're... Well, we, we don't know for sure. The um, Her contract is, is usually on a rolling basis, okay. so it gets extended bit by bit. So we're, we're kind of um, looking into possibilities and thinking what, what might be next after Paris, um, um, what other possibilities are out there. But so, yeah, we, we, we don't know. For the, for the moment, we're in Paris, yeah. Exactly. And you might as well enjoy every minute of it. And uh, as a photographer, hey, <laughs> it's not such yeah. a bad thing. So, no. so what do you do? You, you're freelancing mostly? Yes, so I'm primarily portraits and, and headshots photographer. Um, so I do a bit of writing and a bit of training. I guess like um, like a lot of photographers, a few income streams are, uh, uh, are necessary and, and helpful. Um, so yes, the, it's portraits primarily, but I, I do quite a lot of different styles of, of photography and then and teach when I get the opportunity. And you recently published a book with Peachbit, right? An ebook. Yes, the Photographer's Guide to Paris. So for anyone that doesn't know the city very well, maybe visited you know once or haven't been before and wants to know where are good places to go and go and photograph, then I give some thoughts and advice and tips on the the usual places that, that people will will know, but maybe won't know the the angles and and where's good to go specifically. But also a kind of few lesser known places that people might not be familiar with, um, such as the. Um, like the ghost town in, in northern Paris, Goussainville, um, which is just, a, just an empty town with hardly anyone living there. That I think it's a really interesting place to, um, to go to if people have got long enough to, uh, to spend yeah. the time. Oh, yeah, there's so many, um, so many hidden gems, too. And, yeah. and, and the book is not geared towards street photography. It's more an overall general photography guide to Paris. Yes, that's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's a it's a lot about the, the you know the main kind of icons, the main sites, and mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and a few hidden places. I do, I, I think I said to you, I do mention street photography, but kind of um, uh, just kind of gloss over it a little bit too much. If I do an updated version at some point, I'll I'll go into a, a bit more detail. I think. Yeah, great. Well, I look forward to that. And um, so. This 24-hour project, you didn't do it in Paris. You went to London to do it. Why, why was that? Well, I, I thought about it because I going back to uh, England to visit family, obviously I go through London. I usually go on the, the Eurostar on the train. And um, I lived in London years and years ago, but it's, uh, I know that it's changed a, a lot since I lived there. So I wanted to go back and, and spend some time there. And I thought rather than getting a hotel is might sound like a, a crazy idea i thought okay I'll, i won't get a hotel but i'll i'll stay for a for a, uh, a day and a night and I'll, and i'll just walk around so th that was that was the idea really and it's it kind of it kind of went from there from um not wanting to kind of cut my shooting time short by you know just being in a hotel sure. and partly thinking it'd be really interesting to experience a, a city through a 24-hour period and see how it changes um and you know what kind of people are out around on the on the streets through the night um, exactly because there is a 24-hour project i think it's an March or April. It's a worldwide project where photographers post an image every hour 
uh, for a 24-hour period. And that's been going on. It's fairly recent, but I know people who've done it last year. And uh, so that wasn't the, you were not part of a, a worldwide project or anything. It was just your own project, right? Yes, I, and I hadn't even heard of that. I did look it up afterwards um, to see whether other people were doing 24-hour photo walks. And I, I did come across that one. But no, at the time, it was just it was just my idea. And I, I do usually um, a photograph solo you know on my own and for a for most of my street photography although i do photo walks quite quite often as well but yeah. um yeah so it was just just my idea and my and my project yeah great so so where did you start and what time was it when you started well i i arrived in st pancras at about quarter to 11 I believe so, and I, I thought it would work better. And I, I, I think I was right in this to do the day first and then the night. Uh, and I think doing if I'd have done the night first, so arrived kind of late in the day, maybe the um, the early hours of the night might have been a little bit easier. But I think the, the next day would have made it maybe been tougher mm-hmm. um, to do after you know being tired from from staying up through the night. Um, so yeah, I started in St Pancras, and um, my my target physically to get to the next morning was um, was Paddington. Okay. Um, so did so. you have an itinerary in mind when you started off, or did you just get lost on purpose, as I say? <laughs> a, a bit of both, really. I had a rough itinerary, and I had a list of places that I, that I wanted to photograph, and I was taking them, you know, taking this list round with me. So I kind of got places in mind. I, I would definitely change it a bit if I was if I was doing it again. But it, but definitely having a plan is is worthwhile. But I but having said that, I agree with you that, that getting lost um, is good, and I did that to to a point within areas that I knew. Um, you know, just heading down random side streets. Sure. Um, which is it's good to do in London, but I have to say it's even better to do in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when there are, there are just so many um, buildings and scenes around. Um, but yeah, so a bit of getting lost and a bit following my itinerary and um, heading for places that I knew I wanted to photograph, partly for the uh, the kind of the cityscapes, the the main um, the main scene. So I wanted to capture some of the the classic monuments, um, and then in between those, it was more of a case of street photography style. You know, looking for interesting places and, and people doing interesting things that I that I would capture along the way. Okay, so you had uh, you 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 had goals. You had some shots that you were envisioning. At, you know, like. Uh, night cityscapes i saw some of your beautiful shots of the millennium bridge and so forth so you knew it you know throughout the night you were going to shoot those but they're lit up all night so you had you had you had plenty of time uh but in between so in between it was just random uh yes pretty much that would kind of you know trigger your um um that would just trigger an interest that you would want to shoot Yes, some there were general areas that I knew I wanted to explore. So through the night, I had the idea to spend time around Covent Garden and Soho areas where I knew there would be people around. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I spent a lot of time by the river as well. Um, so yes, it was pretty much taking my time. I mean, having twenty four hours <laughs> was you know, pretty unusual for you know for me to have that relaxing um approach and knowing i got that amount of time to take the the photographs that i wanted was was really nice so what was in your gear bag 
Not very much. Um, one one camera, one lens, is, which is my normal approach. Um, so I, I use a Fuji camera, um, but the XE1. Okay. So one of the interchangeable lenses camera. And I was just using a, um, a, a zoom lens. So I think it's 18 to 55. Okay. Uh, and I took a tripod, which I, I wouldn't normally for, for street photography, but because I wanted to get the, the night shots of the, the city by the river, then I, I took a full, a full tripod for that. So was it a pretty light one? Yeah, um, it was, yes, not too bad. I mean, normally I carry around just a very small, you know, tiny pocket um, tripod and I, I take one of those around quite a lot. But no, for this, I, I took a, I had a small backpack. Um, so I could just just throw the uh, the tripod in there most of the time. Yeah, because I mean that's when the weight is important. I mean you have to carry that thing for twenty four hours. I mean not only you had to have really really good comfortable shoes, but you yeah. don't want to weigh yourself down either. Uh, no, that's right, I, and I'm not sure how far I walked exactly, but my feet were definitely aching the next morning. It was, you know, it's quite. Um, even though I wasn't, it wasn't like I was hiking the whole time, you know. But I probably covered quite a good distance in, mm -hmm. in the 24 hours. So, oh, it's amazing! So, yeah. You can't, you know, when even during my workshops or whenever I'm in Paris by myself, I'll cover 10 miles easy. Uh, you, you don't even know it. It's uh, and all those stairs too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah. And what one of the um, probably what I covered the most miles for was was I wanted to go out to Battersea to the, to photograph the power station because I'd seen some images of uh, the power station lit up at night that looked beautiful. Um, so that was probably a lot of my walking, but actually there was a lot of scaffolding around it and it didn't work out so well. So um, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so tell me what. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty safe. You stayed in some safe areas. I mean, you yeah. used uh, some good judgment and didn't want to venture into some uh, some. Uh, although, I mean, London feels pretty safe to me. I've walked around London on my own, um, you know, or with my kids taking the 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 uh, tube without yep. any problem. As, I mean, yep. there are always people. That's the thing about those big cities, whether you're in yes. Paris or New York, you never isolated. And yep. um, so, so is it is it true for London? I mean, you were out through the night and there were always people around you? Yeah, absolutely. I, well, I'd say 95% of the time. And it, you could definitely choose to, to stay around areas where there would be people. Um, that's absolutely possible. There were a few points that because I didn't always want to kind of retrace my routes, you know, wanted to explore new places. Um, I was going, I was walking back pretty, this kind of early hours, and I was walking back to the center um, on the the north bank of the river. And there, there were quite a few less people. Um, sometimes I was on my own, but, but I, it, it felt safe. I, I, I never felt threatened uh, mm -hmm. at any point. So, um, yeah. So what uh, what was your first uh, what was your first shot of people? Oh, oh good well, I guess you didn't limit yourself either. I was thinking, you know, if you were working on a project where you actually limit yourself to <laughs> one picture per hour or something. But how no, how, no. how many did you do, would you say you shot per hour approximately? Oh, good question. I probably I think I came back with about a 
I was going to say a thousand. It might have been a bit less than that. It might have been six, seven hundred photos oh, total. Okay. overall. Yeah. Okay. Um, quite, quite a few would be duplicates. You know, if I'm taking those those night shots of the the bridges and the monuments, then I'll I'll take quite a few that will be very similar. Sure. And then, uh, so so street the street photography part. Um, you must have encountered some interesting people throughout the night. What what stands out? Who stands out the most? Or a few, maybe. <laughs> yeah, a few for sure. They were, well, they, probably one of the most enjoyable moments was when I was, uh, I was, I think it was by the Millennium Bridge. I was taking a few, a few photographs with the tripod of um, over at St Paul's, and um, uh, a guy come, comes up to me, uh, American, and just says, "Oh." Uh, can I have a look and um, have you got any tips for, for doing night photography? So, so I, I gave him some pointers and just, you know, explained what I was doing and why I was using a tripod and the long exposure. And then um, uh, he said, oh, oh, great. Okay, I'm going to go back into the hotel and grab my, my camera and I'm going to try those things out. So, I, you know, so I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. And I, I started, well, you know, walking on a bit. Um, and then I thought... I. I, I shouldn't really leave. I should go back. So I went back to to see where he was, and I found him with his high end. I think it was the Nikon DSLR yeah. um, with so many, you know, buttons and facilities that he didn't know how to use. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I spent a bit of time with him. I, I lent him because I think I had my small tripod as well, or no, maybe I let him use my my full tripod and um yeah so I, I stayed with him a bit so did a kind of impromptu um lesson. photography lesson yeah yeah so that was good um there was one um one guy was really this was in um around Covent Garden I think um that guy was just being he was standing in the middle of the street um kind of stopping traffic and um shouting and um just being generally he, he was a big guy pretty muscular looking and um generally looking a bit threatening and i, I mean there were people around so you know I, it wasn't like i felt at risk but um i i didn't think that i would um, take any photographs of him though but um but he stopped this uh taxi cab and um the 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 guy was you know the driver was looking uh concerned that it, i guess you know he wanted to get past and get on with his work um and it, as he drove past slowly as this guy graduate eventually moved out of the way the um the guy smashed the door mirror off his off his car with the with his fist wow and i so i was watching i should have taken the taken a few photos really but uh, i didn't i didn't want that fist getting near me exactly um, you knew what it could do <laughs> and i saw the i saw the taxi driver about to get he was going for the the handle of his door to, to get out and then i i saw him just kind of think again obviously seeing the size of this guy and um, decided against it and, and drove on so yeah so that was a that was an exciting moment yeah uh, I, d I did i took a few street portraits um through the the twenty four hours, but it wasn't really the main the main subject. A, a lot, um, most of my street photography is more candid style. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I think you can see from the the collection that there are um, there aren't. I don't think I included any portraits in my in my final selection. They were more kind of candid shots of. Uh, yeah, you 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 did a, a post with your twenty four the the twenty four with twenty four images for the twenty four hour period. I actually mm. I really like the one where you see somebody kind of sticking out of window, but you don't see their face. You just see their. Their hands, uh, their arms. Yes, yes. I think they're having a they're having a smoke, aren't yeah. they? I, I, I like that. That's very yeah. uh, very clever. I like that Thanks. image a lot. And we'll put a few in the in the show notes so people can see the variety of shots you, you got. You got some beautiful uh, night shots and long exposures of the bridges and so forth. I really like those. And 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 London is such a beautiful city. Uh, the architecture is just stunning, and and the the contrast in architecture is so interesting um yeah. where i mean of course it's a newer city uh, and um and so there's a, a lot more m old and modern mixed in than mm. there is in paris for sure yes yeah and i think it's um it's changed a lot i mean it was it's quite a few years since i was living there and there's quite a lot of new developments i think partly with the with the olympics and the the work that went on there but also just the The developments in the city, um, Covent Garden around Leicester Square, has changed a lot since I since I lived there. So yeah, it's it's an interesting city to, um, and I I really enjoyed it. I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode of Street Focus, and that's our friends over at FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. I worked as a commercial freelance photographer for many years, and it can be a pretty stressful job. I mean, the pressure is on. You not only have to meet your client's expectation, but go above and beyond that. And there is nothing more frustrating than a client for whom you've worked so hard for doesn't pay you on time. That's why I'm happy to introduce you to FreshBooks. It's a simple online accounting software that helps thousands of photographers like you and me save time billing and get paid faster. You can create and send invoices online really easily, and you can track everything on your smartphone. And if you're like me, my smartphone has really become my office. And the fact that FreshBooks is so easy to use is really important because it lets me focus on what matters the most, and that's making photographs. I'm not a number person, and if I can remove the frustrating part of the business out of the equation, I'm going to deliver better work. I really recommend that you give FreshBooks a try. All you need is an email address, and it's totally free for the first 30 days. Just go to freshbooks.com slash streetfocus and enter streetfocus in the how did you hear about us section. It's that easy. So um, technically, and, and I was just curious about the batteries, knowing how great the Fuji batteries are. <laughs> how many batteries yeah. did you have? I took three, um, and that probably wasn't enough. I was conscious... Because of the long exposures, that was a real killer on yeah. the batteries. Yeah. Uh, so doing it again, I would probably take four or five and have okay. them all fully charged. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I started becoming conscious of it about 2 or 3 a.m., something like that, where I was probably getting close to my second battery running out. Um, so, yeah, definitely taking a, a few more would, would be a good idea. But my my biggest mistake was my actually my phone battery because I was relying on my, my phone for, for navigation. 
Oh, yes. Um, and it, they don't last 24 no, hours, that's for they, sure. Yeah, exactly. So um, I I hadn't thought to take a um, you know one of those mini chargers. Yeah. Um, so actually, whenever I was going into um, somewhere to to eat, because I did um, you know I did sit down in restaurants rather than just getting sure. takeaway all the time. So I had to have a have a quick break at some points. So I was always asking, "Can you plug my phone in while I'm in, while I'm eating?" Yeah. Um, so just, yeah. I've done that too, and now I do carry one of those uh, little chargers. They look like a little bit bigger than lipstick, but uh, basically, and you can, uh, mine just ults one full charge, but you can get, you can spend a little more money and have two full charges. And uh, those are just lifesavers when you're walking around, especially, I mean, the, I have an iPhone and uh, the minute you start, and I, I'm on data international, um, I have unlimited data, unlimited data plan for international travel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it doesn't last very many hours. And then you start posting pictures. And yeah. then you realize like, oh, no, you're on 20%. <laughs> no, I know. And yeah, for sure, if you're using it for, um, for picture taking as well. And I, I haven't done that very much, but I'm starting to get into it more using the phone as well. So um, yeah, definitely backup batteries are a good idea. And uh, so what what else did you learn that you would do differently? Mostly the early morning I would do differently. So I didn't, while well, I had a plan of the, the kind of monuments and the points that I wanted to go to, I hadn't really thought too much about the, the early morning other than I wanted to, to see the sunrise. And I thought I'd probably be around the, the river and, you know, get shots across the river of the sunrise. With hindsight, what I would do, I think, would be to go to the markets. Mm-hmm. So where I was, around the, the river and the bridges, there were the, the early starters were the, were the commuters. So, and it was a pretty close, you know, transition between the, the, the late night clubbers, you know, coming out of the nightclubs to the, the first commuters appearing. Um, but I think, you know, while, while they're interesting, I think it would be great to get shots of the, the earliest markets um, being yeah, people set setting up. up and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you so can have a, a lot of stories, um, um, a, a lot of storytelling images, you know, of the, um, in, in, in a series at market. I always find it interesting, you know, people people setting up and then some detail shots. That's always cool. Yes, I think that would be really interesting to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would change it to, the, to that aspect. And, um, but, uh, as far as shoes are concerned, you were, you were sore, but your shoes, your shoes were... were we're good and well worn, and you know that's not, that's something you want to start with a brand new pair of shoes. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I, I'm not even sure which shoes I wore, but um, uh, yeah, I was. Um, I mean, I, I was going to say I'm reasonably fit. I'm not totally sure. I'm, uh, when I ran the London Marathon last year, so I'm, I should be reasonably fit, but um, I, I haven't done a lot of running this year, so my my fitness is probably gradually deteriorating. But um, and you live in Paris, so yeah. I mean. You- you can't live in Paris and not be fit. I mean, people have to go upstairs all the time. Do you even have an elevator where you live? I mean, most of the time you have to go six flights of stairs just yeah, to go we, home. We, we do have an elevator, but we, yeah, it's four, four flights of stairs here. So, um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're always taking the stairs. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing uh, in a city like Paris, which is so walkable, how many miles you put you 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 do in a day and uh, and how many flights of stairs and you know when when people come on my workshop it's always you know they want to look 
trendy and you know they want to look good and there are a lot of women about half women half men on my workshop sometimes more women and um I said, you know what? Now we're lucky. We can have some fashionable shoes that are actually very comfortable. So we don't have to compromise. Uh, but it's so, so important. I mean, a bad pair of shoes can just ruin your day and, and ruin your week because once you have those, uh, sore feet, it takes a few days to, to get over it. And it can really, really affect your, your whole experience. So that's so, so important. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the, bat, the, um, the, the bag as well because yes. I have four back problems occasionally and so for for me having you know having a having a rucksack because I was carrying the the, the, the tripod and a, a little bit of extra gear was much better for me personally than than having weight on one shoulder so what what type um, of bag do you have well most, most of the time I mean it, uh, and this would be another tip would be to use an inconspicuous bag mm-hmm. so I don't use a bag that's obviously a camera bag, although though it is, you know, it's got the padded interior. To, to look at it, it's just kind of green canvas and just looks like any, you know, any, yeah. any old bag. Um, and I also don't use a, a camera strap with the branding names on. So I just, you know, you just try and try and make it more difficult for anyone who might um, might spot what you're carrying. I'm sure you, your friend with the big Nikon camera had the Nikon strap and everything. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he did, yes. <laughs> it's funny because you see so many, so many people with the latest and greatest and they have no idea how to use it. And it's actually surprising that you first met him and didn't even have his camera with. No, I know. I, I, I guess he didn't know. I mean, he didn't have a tripod, so it yeah, was, true. and it was dark, so he yeah. maybe wasn't going to be doing any any night shooting. But um, yeah, he'd got a um, he got some reasonably expensive gear. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I, but... I keep I keep thinking that people should, you know, um, I don't know if they do this in uh, America and France, but some people in the UK put a different badge on their car, so they might have a. They might have a, an old BMW, and they'll put a badge on to say that it's a top of the range, expensive BMW. You know, they'll put a diff, different badge on. And I keep thinking people should do the opposite for their camera for their cameras. Strap. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you've got a, a D810 or whatever, you should put a, a D350 camera strap on it. So, yeah, uh, because it's actually interesting. I mean, people who do steal was going to people who steal gear know exactly what they're taking. You know, they yes. they know their brands. They know, you know, they'll they'll pick an, an eight, a D eight hundred or whatever, you know, over a, a lesser model any day. So, uh, yeah. yes, it's true. A lot of a lot of photographers are, are, you know, trying to conceal the brand, and definitely the strap is a is a big one. Um, I don't actually carry. Um, I do have, have a just a wrist strap for my Fuji. Uh, I like to have it in my hand. Um, for some reason, no matter how small the camera is, to have something on my neck just bothers me after a while. And um, and I find that the wrist strap is kind of nice. But um, Yeah, that's, no, that's interesting. I'm experimenting with that a bit more. I've, I've started doing a bit of um, film photography, and I'm, I'm just using a wrist strap on, on my film camera. So I'm kind of testing it out to see if I might prefer that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It all depends, too. And I think, like, on the Fuji X100S, it, it it's not a very comfortable camera ergonomically so i added the thumb thing that the thumb yeah. holder um sure. i've made such a huge difference i i can't believe that i used it a whole year without that because it's uh, so much more comfortable for sure yeah okay interesting i haven't tried it i've 
I, I actually I like the feel of the XC1 in my in my hand. I've got yeah. I've got reasonably small hands, so maybe maybe that helps. Um, but yeah, I should I should try one sometime. Yeah, it's, it really. It, but one of the big reasons I I got a Fuji was the was the feel. It, it felt comfortable to me. Yeah, um, I, and but, I do it like the XT1 is is ergonomically much more comfortable than the X100s. Definitely, there is more to hold to hold on to but um mm. that when you hold it because it, it, i have a wrist strap but i don't let it dangle from it either you know i would be just too afraid that something just breaks so i still yeah. hold the camera in my hand which actually does become uncomfortable after a while i mean we can walk those streets for hours and hours and hours and having that camera in your hand um and it's always in my right hand um i can feel my right hand just uh, just doesn't feel the same as my left hand it's definitely stronger so yeah sure so so will you do this project again different city different differently yes i well i've, I've been thinking about paris obviously mm -hmm. and um i did put a note out on social media to see if anyone was interested but then the weather got a lot colder yeah. so that's making me hesitate at the moment and i might set it up for the spring i think when when it's um, I mean, the early hours are, uh, are difficult anyway, you know, when you've been walking for, for 12 or 15 hours. But I think if it was below freezing, then that would be that would be a pretty tough night. So um, I think when the when the weather warms up a bit, I'd like to do the, 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 a similar walk in Paris. Yeah. yeah. And uh, would you change anything as far as maybe setting some limitations? Maybe. I think that would that, be kind of interesting, yeah. don't you think? Yes, I, I would do more street photography style i think because the um going to london i had because i hadn't been for for quite a long time i wanted to get the the iconic photos but but paris i you know i've taken many of those already so it would be more the the character on the streets that i'd be wanting to capture so, yeah, but if you have any suggestions for, for limitations. Yeah, well, I was actually thinking it would be really awesome to do just one photograph per hour and oh, limit yourself that way. I mean, pho photographers have done it for one, fo one photograph a day for three months, you know, and limit themselves to that yes. uh, for a project. So limiting yourself for one photograph an hour for 24 hours would actually be a pretty awesome challenge. I mean, oh. imagine how much, how much more intent you would put in that one image. Yeah. Then so again, if you mess it up, then it's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so just taking a, a tiny, tiny digital, you know, um, uh, SD card that can no, only, no, you just have to uh, can only carry twenty four. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or uh, no, it's still it's. Uh, I actually have uh, uh, some students that are doing this challenge where they have to limit themselves to um, ten images for their photo walk and street photography. And uh, I'll trust them. You know, I'm not going to go check the numbers <laughs> sure, on the uh, files, but you know, just a challenge for you. Just for yourself, I think it would be kind of interesting. Um, I, I'd love to do that in Paris. It would have to be outside of a workshop because I don't sleep much on workshops as it is. So if I was to, sure. uh, to do a full 24-hour uh, at the beginning or at the end of a workshop, that would probably... Uh, that would be tough, but hey, yeah. I, that would be uh, something. I'd be uh, I'd be up for the challenge. That would be really cool. Okay, cool. I'll yeah. let you know. When, yeah. Know. Well, this has been really fun, and actually, this probably won't air until we're on the workshop. But I'm going to see you in January. We're recording this early. 
Uh, I'm going to see you in January during the my Paris street photography workshop for a weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and, me too. Yeah. And uh, where can people see more of your work? They can go to my website, which is alastairarthur.com. So A-L-A-S-T-A-I-R-A-R-T-H-U-R.com. Great. And you have the links to your blog for the this project as well as your book, right? Yes, that's right. I mentioned it on my blog and then under projects on my website, the, the 24-hour London is, is under there as well. Great. Yeah. Well, that that's really that's really fun, and uh, that may give some ideas to other photographers. And I will try to find the link to that twenty uh, four hour world project where uh, photographers from any large cities go out at the same time, and then they post their images every hour on the go. Uh, that's another fun challenge. And my friend, uh, Rinzi Ruiz, uh, did it last year. And actually, I had talked to him about that. Um, he, uh, it was quite an experience. Um, and uh, it was the challenge of, you know, posting that image every hour as well. So, uh, but definitely different. Uh, and you can put so many twists to those, to, to those projects. You can, you know, do street, you can do architecture, or, or, or a, little, a little bit of everything, or, or setting setting some limitations, which I, I'm always tempted to do. I think, okay, let's just raise the bar and limit yourself to 24 shots in 24 hours, I think would be a pretty cool challenge to do. So awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alistair. And I'll see you in a few weeks. Sure. And, and uh, thanks for taking the time to talk uh, to the Street Focus audience. And, and thank you for being part of it and for uh, listening to the podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you very much. Thanks. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show and to check out the, Im the images from Alistair's project. Also, Street Focus is on Google+. Please join our growing community there. And share the love and tell your friends about the, the podcast on social media. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Yeah.